You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlett. Well, today we're wrapping up our series, Disconnected. Next week, we're starting a brand new series called Rhythms, and I'm really excited about that. I'm gonna ask you, if you can, to turn in your Bibles to the book of Matthew, chapter six. Today is gonna be kind of a practical message as we wrap up this Disconnected series, a practical message. As we, I'm gonna be in Matthew six in a little while. Um, let, me, let me give you a stat that you might find interesting, and it's simply this, is that 60% of adults in our country So more than half of the adults in our country, so more than half of the people in this room, deal with worry and stress on an everyday basis. And this stat basically highlights that from the moment that you wake up, you begin worrying about things, you begin stressing about things, and then when you lay down at night after the kids might be in bed or if your kids are no longer in the home, that means that you carry these things with you in all kinds of different environments that more than half of adults in our country deal with worry and stress every single day. This is a massive thing. It's part of life. And you would think that, you know, back in the day they said all these advancements in technology would make our life easier. Technology has advanced and yet worry and stress is still a very real part of our everyday life. It's a really, really, really big deal. And here's something that I learned as a pastor, ready? Ready? Appearances are very deceiving. I think we navigate, oh, sorry, I love y'all on the balcony. There we go, hallelujah. They lost their lights, by the way. Y'all are like, what's happening here? I looked in that direction and power went out. <laughs> Man, that's, uh, anyone, anything else? Okay, all right, anyway. I'm worried about this now. What's gonna happen next? Anyway, that was a, okay, anyway. Worry and anxiety and stress. Uh, where am I right now? Oh, so ADD, I can't even, okay. Reel it in, Jeremy. 60%, okay. Appearances are deceiving. And we tend to think this way, that other people's lives are easier or better than our life. It's just a natural thing. We tend to assume that when we see other people, they seem well put together, they seem to have things going on for them. We check them out on social media, their families are better, their kids are better looking, their houses are nicer. It's easy to assume that other people's lives are easier or better or somehow they don't go through the things that you go with and I'm I've just those are just appearances as a pastor I meet with people all the time and I'm here to tell you the moment you get a peek behind the curtain every one of us in this room has things that weigh us down every one of us in this room has things that have come against us every one of us in this room have to navigate through difficulties I'm 41 years old in December I'm going to be 42 and I have recognized a that I'm middle-aged by the way I'm fully embracing it I, like, I, don't, I embarrass my kids at school. I don't even care anymore. I will tuck my T-shirt into my sweatpants and hike my sweatpants up, and I will wear black socks and sandals. That's how I'm gonna roll now. If I fall, it takes me a little bit longer to recover. I can't climb a tree as fast as I used to be able to. And sometimes my favorite thing is a nap. Hallelujah, okay? Just keeping it real. Fully embracing it. But I'm, I'm 41, and let me give you some things that I've experienced in my life, ready? And I, I've shared a lot of these, actually, as illustrations on a Sunday morning, so I'm just gonna do a briefly highlights In my 41 years, I want you to know that I've been sued. I've had some bad car accidents. I almost killed a human being one time in my past. By the way, some of these are gonna be like, what did he just say? I've used a lot of these as illustrations, but I'm gonna just do some fly-by highlights. I almost killed someone in a car. Fortunately, the Lord was in that situation and the person that I hit in the vehicle was able to make it through. I've shared that story before. I've been in intense gunfire before. 
um, when I was growing up, when my wife and I moved overseas to Nicaragua, our first night in Nicaragua, someone was shooting a gun and the bullets were hitting our house on the first night we moved there. I have been in places in which there was no guarantee when the power would come back on or when the water would be turned back on. I have been fired before with two young kids and no way or ability to feed my family. I know what it's like to go to the grocery store to have to pick and choose the things that you can afford and not afford. These are all things that I have actually experienced in life. I have, people, I have had people lie about me, say crazy things about who I am and what I've done. A lot of them have proven to be untrue. By the way, when I got sued, I, I mean, I had to defend myself, but I ended up, I mean, I didn't do anything wrong, so I ended up winning that. And I ended up meeting with the person who sued me afterwards, and I told them, listen, that I forgave them and that, listen, God has a plan for their life. It's crazy how God redeems some of those things, but all, all of these things are things that I've experienced. I have dealt with a tremendous amount of stress and worry, and now I'm a pastor of a church that has two locations. We're not getting smaller as a church, we're getting larger. Our staff's not getting smaller, we're getting larger. And so like our payroll in the church, or when I come to help navigate through things, it, it's, it's crazy that over time things have gotten bigger and I've experienced a lot in life. And so I'm here to tell you something. I know what it's like to worry and have stress because I've been there many times. I've shared openly in this church that I was abused when I was a kid. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to be uncertain about tomorrow because I have lived there many, many, many different times. And I can say, by the way, we don't coordinate the worship set list with the messages, but I can hear, hear to say this, is that the theme today of worship was God's faithfulness. And in all the things that I've ever been through, I can stand as a man of 41 years old and I can say that even though I might have failed and even though I always fell short, my God, who I follow, has always been faithful. Amen, and the reason I'm bringing this up for Disconnected is because we worry so much with fear, we worry so much with anxiety, we worry so much with stress, we worry so much about what's gonna happen. It's a really big deal. I want us to look at this passage of scripture. This is one that's gonna be on the screen. John 14, Jesus says this. Jesus replied, all who love me will do what I say. By the way, that is the definition of loving God. Not whether, anyway, I could, okay, I need to reel it in. All right, my father will love them um, and we will come and make our home with each of them. Anyone who doesn't love me will, will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I'm telling you these things now while I am still with you. By the way, Jesus is trying to get his disciples to understand that he's gonna die and he's gonna leave them and then he's gonna resurrect and come back. And so he's preparing them for what's coming around the corner. And so that's what's happening right here. But I love what he says, verse 25. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and he will remind you of everything that I have told you. By the way, the Holy Spirit is with us today. He is still with us. He still advocates. He still guides. He still, it's just incredible. And so this gift wasn't just for back then. It's for us now. Verse 27, I'm leaving you with a gift. Ready? Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. In our current world, in which more than half of adults wrestle with stress and worry, Jesus makes this declaration that the Holy Spirit can be with us and that he, we can receive a gift of peace of mind. And this is not a, world, not a gift that the world can replicate. That's what, by the way, I've said this before in Philippians, it says that, that God's peace passes our understanding. And I've, I've explained that this way. It doesn't mean that God's peace can't make sense to us. And that's part of what that means. It just means that we could never replicate the peace that God wants 
to offer us. We can never do the thing that he can do for us because he is God. And so he gives us a peace that we can't understand. A better way to say it is he gives us a peace that we could never replicate. So in our world of worry and in our world of stress, Jesus says, I have a gift for you. Do you know that this morning that God has a gift for you? And I know you came to church with a burden on your mind. I know you came with stress. I know you came with a situation you're trying to navigate through. And what I, the reason I told you a lot of the things that I've been through, and by the way, I've been through a lot more, is because you might assume, well, the pastor, he has it easy. He's got his three little kids. He has a little house. He has a little church. Everything's great for him. I'm here to tell you something. I've been through some stuff. And we make these assumptions that no one's been through what we've been through. I'm telling you, a lot of people have been through some things. What makes a difference are those who hold on to God in those moments. It's a big, big deal. So, all right, let me just get us all in the same boat real quick. Ready? Let me talk about some of the things that we all care about today. These are some of the things that we all care about. I'll start off with these are all really simple. I'm gonna go through these quickly. We all care about money. We all care about food. Some care about food more than others. I openly admit that. We all care about clothes. We all care about the future. These are things that whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, we care about. Now, I'm not saying that if you care about money that, that you're a bad person. All of us care about money. You'll check your bank balance. You wanna know that you can pay your bills. You wanna pay the mortgage. You wanna pay the utilities. You have to pay internet or your kids are gonna melt. That's how that's gonna happen. So if you don't have internet, good luck in life. I mean, because that Wi-Fi signal is gone. You have, a, you have a mutiny on your hands and you gotta captain that ship real quick. You care about money. I mean, we all care about money. I mean, it's, listen, money is just a tool, but it's something that we need in the life that we live. We care about food. Now, in Jesus's context, like when he's gonna talk about food in just a second, a lot of people care about food in the terms of, am I gonna have food to eat for today? We care about food in the, what am I gonna eat today? I mean, that's a real thing, but we care about these things. We care about clothing. We, we care about our future. And these are big deals to all of us in this room. And it's interesting that when you look at social media today, a lot of the things that get promoted on social media is how you look, what you have, and the security about the things that are going on around you. The outfits that you can wear and the experiences that you can experience. I'm just telling you, it's just the world that gets promoted on a massive, massive level. When I was a teenager, we were living in the country of Chile, South America, and um, I had the opportunity to do some modeling. So both, this is true, I, I promise you, I'm not lying to you. And so, I spoke at youth group this last week and they dug up from the vault a picture of me when I was modeling. And you're gonna say, that's not really you. I promise you it was me. Let me show you a picture of me when I was younger. Yeah. Come on. You're like, that's not you. I promise you it is. <laughs> and I know you're like, wow, look at this. Whoa, what, what, what happened to you? Hold on. Let me show you me today. Let me just show you. That's, oh. I want you to know I have aged like fine wine and I am beautiful today. Let's go back to the modeling world real quick. <laughs> oh, I hope that made you feel better about yourself. Anyway, it's a good, listen, so, so I got a chance to, to, to do this and I made money. My parents were missionaries. They didn't have any money, but God opened up a door and I could do these things. This is like a, a shoot for what would be the equivalent of, of like a JCPenney's for a large uh, department store in South America called Falavelas. And I modeled school clothes and things for kids going back to school. And, and, and uh, how you look is a really, really big deal. And so like they would come and like they would get my clothes just right. They would get my, everything had to be just right. So the picture, she could sell some clothes. The world you and I live in is obsessed with how we look. Now it's interesting that as you get older, you worry about it less and less. Like I said, I'm embracing middle age. I'm, listen, I want something comfortable. 
I don't care about how it looks as much. I want it to feel good, keep me warm, or keep me cool, however I need. That's how I'm rolling these days. But our world obsesses over these things. We worry about these things. We stress over these things. We worry about money. We worry about food. We worry about clothes. We worry about the future. Every one of us in this room cares about that to some degree. And this thing impacts all of those things. It impacts it in such a massive way. Why? Because how many of you have ever gotten like a, you, you, you found something maybe on your body and you tried to self-diagnose on WebMD? Anybody? No? I had this, this bump on my eye. This is years ago. And I noticed it for the first time and I'm like, what is this? And I went on WebMD and by the end of my own diagnosis, I had three weeks to live. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? right. And, and how we base our life, I mean, on what others have, what others wear, what, I mean, how much this truly influences us is pretty astronomical. And Jesus made a declaration, I have a gift for you. And I want you to know the gift is not just for the perfect Christians or the good Christians or have it all put together. The gift is for anybody who's made a decision to follow Jesus, no matter how big of a mess you made of your life or how perfectly you've lived it. It's a gift that only God can give. And you have it available to you right now this morning. The question is, are you going to live your life in a way where you want to actually experience the gift that God has? And as a Christian, you have access, but just because you have access doesn't mean that you're not distracted by other things. And I'm here to tell you something. Jesus said in John 10, 10, there's a thief who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but he's come that we might have life and have it in abundance. I'm here to tell you that what the enemy wants to do is prevent you from receiving the gift of peace. Because if the world sees you at peace, it's gonna say, what do you have that's different? And you would say, well, it's Jesus. So the enemy can't let you live at peace. He wants to live you distracted, discouraged. He wants you to live worried. He wants you to live stressed. Because as long as all of us are living in this life, it can dominate how we think and what we do. But I'm here to tell you, there's a gift. Wouldn't it be awesome if Jesus addressed these things? Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a passage of scripture where Jesus head on and practically dealt with some of this stuff? Now, before I get into Matthew 6, which I've asked you guys to turn there for a second, what I wanna do is say, I wanna make a distinction. I wanna tell you that there's a difference between worry and concern. And this is important, okay? One of the things that I had happen, I've shared many illustrations on a Sunday morning about this. My house caught on fire two years ago. Like for real, I, I caught on fire. So I'm a little bit more sensitive to fire these days. And with the cold weather we've had this last week, yesterday I had a fire in our fireplace. We have a naturally wood burning fireplace. And so I had a fire in there. As I'm moving some of the logs around, one of the logs that I moved fell out of the fireplace and onto our floor. And I want you to know I was very concerned about that. There's a difference between worry and concern. Let me explain what worry, what, what worry and concern are. Let me, the difference, ready? Concern, I'll say it this way. Concern focuses on challenges and moves into action. There's something that comes your way and you need to do something about that. That's a concern. If you have a flat tire and you're driving your car, don't keep driving your car and saying, God's got this. I don't have, he's not giving me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Blum, 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 blum. When the log fell out of my fireplace, I didn't declare, God's got this glory. I didn't just start singing a sim and a, a sim, <laughs> a hymn and a song. I didn't. Now listen, God does have this, but I'm right there. There's a log on fire and it's on my floor. You know what I did? I concerned myself with the log on fire and I flipped it back in the fireplace. That's what I did. Concern moves you into action, but worry is different. Worry is very different. 
Worry focuses on things that are beyond our control. And it actually causes you to live a life of inaction. You do nothing about it. How many people are robbed of the peace that God wants us to have because we live our life in the worry of all of these things all the time? Every one of us in this room, we do. Matthew chapter six. I wanna take you to actually where this series came about, ready? In verse 22, Jesus is talking, he says this, and these verses are not gonna be on the screen, so I encourage you, and by the way, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. I encourage you to, to, read, to, to, to see this with me. Jesus says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your whole body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light that you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. That's where, by the way, let me pause here. That's where this series disconnected came from. It's what are you putting in front of your eyes? And we actually were gonna call this windows and doors, but that's kind of a weird name for a series. So we went with disconnected because we're like, we have a hard time explaining that. But really, the concern that I have is this, is that for many of us as Christians, we're putting a lot of stuff in front of our eyes. No wonder we can't live a life of peace because this is the thing that's telling us how to live. It impacts us, it affects us. And so it's a big deal. All right, let's keep going. Let's see what else in Matthew chapter 26. Where am I? Verse 20, okay. Darkness, verse 24. No one can serve two masters, for you, will, uh, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you, ready, not to worry about everyday life. This is Jesus, by the way, and I love this. He talks about the things we put in front of our eyes. By the way, if you put a lot of things in front of your eyes, isn't it amazing how, like I mentioned this last week, how if you stay up late one night and you're watching infomercials, you had no idea you needed a ShamWow towel. I mean, you didn't know, did you? Just a couple hours before, you were living your life with regular towels in your house. They couldn't absorb anything, but man, at three in the morning, when that ShamWow towel came on, you could literally soak up a pool of water with that bad boy and clean your entire, remember when OxyClean came out? Now everything's OxyClean. By the way, your benches are OxyClean. I want you to know that. I, I, OxyClean's everywhere. But I remember when OxyClean came out and he had those infomercials when he like used some OxyClean magically and it turned everything clean again. I'm like, whoa, where's OxyClean been in my whole life? You didn't know you needed something until you saw it. There's something about what you see that triggers what you want. So there's no accident that Jesus says what you put in front of your eyes. And then he talks about money with that, by the way. And then he says, don't worry whether you would have enough food or drink, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all of your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. By the way, 2,000 years later, do you know what dominates the thoughts of unbelievers? What you will wear, what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will have and how you will live. This message is as relevant today as it's ever been for all of us in this room. Verse 32, 
These, thought, these thoughts dominate. These thoughts, these things, holy cow. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. So let me give you a thought, ready? And I have been through a lot and this is a thought that has helped me massively in my journey of walking with God, ready? And this is just a simple one. When, on, when we only focus on what is temporary, we will always live worried lives. Now this seems simple, but I'm here to tell you this is absolutely massive. When all you think about is the here and now and what's happening in the here and now, what's gonna happen next. And by the way, the last two years, there's been a lot of stuff messing up the here and now, hasn't there? What's gonna happen with COVID? What's gonna happen with the closing of schools? What's gonna happen with the economy? What's gonna happen? Is there a recession? Is there not a recession? Are the housing prices going down? Can I afford to get a house because the rates are going up? How, how much is bread gonna cost? Can I still afford bread? Where about, like you name it and there's been so many different things that have caused us to worry and my point is we live in a world that is full of worry and I'm here to tell you something. When all we think about is the here and now, we will live worried lives. This is what Jesus is saying. There's a distinction between only focusing on what you can see right in the moment and thinking about things from a long-term perspective. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, if you made the declaration to believe in him, there's a different way that you can live. And as a Christian, I want you to know, this is, here's another thought, ready? There's a difference between our body and our soul. Something I've said a lot of times on Sunday mornings is, we're not a body who happens to have a soul. We actually are a soul that just so happens to have a body. A body lasts but a moment, the soul is forever. And here's the thing for a lot of us, the reason why we spend so much time worrying is because all we can focus on is the here and now. And Jesus addresses this. He says, don't worry about these things. He says, you obsess over the here and now. He says, you worry about these different elements because you're so concerned with the here and now. This is the here and now obsession. And he says, pull your mind back a little bit. Think about the things that are more long lasting, the forever things. Think about the things that, that can never be taken from you. Your decision to follow Jesus, guess what? There's nothing the enemy can do about that the moment that you breathe your last you made that declaration to believe in him guess what forever and ever you will be with him and those who have believed in Jesus who have already died guess what hope you have you will see them again that is forever thinking but the problem is is that we get so focused on just the here and now and so we live a life full of worry and I'm here to tell you something there's a gift that God wants to give you and it's the gift of seeing things from a different perspective of understanding that your soul can be filled and you can think differently about things. He said, don't worry. So, if we're gonna walk this path of not worrying, let me give you three different options that, that you face in any situation that you're going through, ready? And this is gonna just, and we'll wrap up the message and being disconnected in this way. Three different things of the things that you're worried about in your life that are gonna happen. It's either gonna be one of these three different things. The first thing is the thing that you're worrying about, guess what, it may never happen. It's interesting, Penn State did a study where they surveyed a bunch of people and then they asked them to think about what, what was upsetting them most or what were they most afraid of. And they discovered that 91% of the things that people were worried about, really worried about, guess what, 91% of that never actually happened. So here Jesus is and he's saying you obsess over things, but guess what, how many things have you worried about and you thought it was gonna come to pass and it never actually took place. 
but yet it occupied so much of your mental energy that you were incapable of actually enjoying what God had freely given you in the moment because you were worried about what may actually happen. So one thing that you worried about, I'm here to tell you something, it may never happen that way. It may not ever happen that way. Let me, let me tell you another thing, ready? Here's another path that could potentially happen when, when the thing that you are concerned about occurs. It actually may happen, but it's not gonna be as bad as you thought. I remember when I was a kid, I was terrified of shots. Anyone in here scared of shots? And we would come back to the US, my parents were missionaries, and I remember one time in particular, my mom told me this story. I got spanked apparently 19 times in one day. No, no, not, not, like, not like 19 spankings, like 19 sets of spankings in one day. And the reason was because I would run across the street without looking as a kid. And so my mom was like, dude, for, and I was just, we went to a doctor's office in my grandmother's, in my grandmother's town and they were gonna give me a shot. And I'm here to tell you something, six-year-old Jeremy knew how to run. That doctor pulled the needle out, I was gone, and the entire medical office was running after a six-year-old kid going into the street. They finally got a hold of me, my mom held me down, three other nurses were in the room, and as all things go, ready? Oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it would be. But it's almost like the thing before the thing is worse than the thing. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The gift that God freely wants to give us is stolen because in our minds, we're worried about it may happen, and it may happen so bad, but I'm here to tell you something, it may happen, and it's not gonna be as bad as you think it is. But let's get to the worst case scenario, ready? And this is the part that I wanna hone in on. It may happen. The thing that you're worried about and concerned with, it actually may happen. And it may be as bad as you thought it would be. But you know the beautiful part of this phrase? Is it may happen, but here's the thing, God will absolutely carry you through it. Now, as a Christian, I want you to know, there's one of these three things that are gonna happen with the worry that you brought in this morning, ready? It may never happen, it may happen, but not be as bad as you think, but what if in the worst case scenario, it does happen? I'm here to tell you something, if the worst case scenario pans out as Christians, we have something that is truly special, and it's the fact that even if the worst case scenario pans out, we have a God who is with us, and who is faithful, and who can carry us through. I have been through so many things in my life, God has always been there for me. So if the worst case scenario happens, that's why Jesus says, don't worry, don't let it consume your thoughts, don't let it consume your mind. Why? Because I am with you. My son, I have three kids, and he's getting ready to be uh, 10 this year, but when he was younger, as a lot of kids do, he had a hard time sleeping. And one of my son's favorite places to sleep was he would wanna cuddle up next to me in bed, and he would just crash. Now, if he went in his own room, in his own space, it would take him forever to fall asleep, but he would cuddle up next to dad in, in, in our room, and he was out. I mean, he just slept like a king. And so, let me show you a picture. This is a couple of years ago of him and me. And so, I mean, he's just out. I've told you a lot of things that I've experienced in my, in my life. And one of them, I was abused when I was a kid. We were living in the jungle and I was abused. And I've talked about that story many times. And the reason why I talk about that openly is because I know in this room there's a lot of people who've been abused. And you think you're the only one and I'm here to tell you something. It's heartbreaking. But the way God brought healing into my life, he can also bring healing into yours. That's why I talk about it openly. But let me tell you something I haven't told anybody. So after I was abused in the jungle, we, we moved as a family and we went to a completely new country. 
And I was about 10 years old, 11 years old, and we moved into a new country. It was a new place. It was a new city. And the Amazon jungle in Peru was not a small city, actually, but, but it wasn't a huge city. We moved to a massive city, a city in Santiago, South America, like six million people into a neighborhood and into a house. And it was the first house that we had lived in that didn't have bars on the window. And here I was as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old boy. And man, back in those days, you didn't really process what happens to you. And I didn't understand. But I didn't sleep at night. And every noise that happened would wake me up and I would be scared. And I kept thinking that someone was gonna be coming into our house. Now, I lived in the second story of a house. It was a two-story house and I was on the second story, but my, house, my window faced the road. I mean, it faced the road. Then it was, a, it, wasn't, it was like a cul-de-sac. So there wasn't through traffic. It was just people who lived back there, but I couldn't sleep. And, and I mean, like to the point where fear gripped me in my thoughts at night. And, and now as an adult, I can connect what well, was because of the abuse that I experienced as a kid. And I couldn't see that really I felt completely unprotected and vulnerable. Anyone, does that relate with anybody? And so I just went to my parents and I made them and I made them put bars in the window in front of my room. And the house didn't have bars, but my window had bars in front of the window. And the reason I almost needed bars in the window is because I needed to know that when I went to bed at night that no one could bust through my window or do anything to me. Is that honest enough for you? And I lived like that for years. And it's how a lot of us live today. When things happen to you or when the worry that you're afraid of or the concern that you wrestle with it's like we wanna put bars on all of our windows so that we can try and protect ourselves. We wanna be hypervigilant about the next bad thing that's gonna happen in our life because none of us wanna be blindsided. None of us wanna be hurt again. None of us wanna be wounded. And so we put, build up these things around us to try and protect ourselves. And now that I'm 41 and I've been through a lot of different life experiences and things have happened to me and things that I've done to myself by being just a complete idiot, which we're all in that same boat too. We've all done some stupid stuff. I'm a professional in that area, by the way. Just ask my kids, I'll tell you. And so, but I, I've learned, and this, is, this seems simple. When I lay my head down to sleep, there's a God that I love that loves me more than I love myself who is watching out for me. That's right. And I've come to realize that it's, I could put all the bars on my window. If God is not with me, then I'm alone. But I could live in the middle of nowhere as long as God is with me. I have all that I need because the peace that God offers is meant to protect me that when I go to bed, when my son lay down in my arms at night, he knew that I would be there for him. Here's the thing, the peace that God wants to offer you in your life is the peace that says, do you really believe that I have your best interests at heart? That's why Jesus ends the, the don't worry about your life this way. Seek first the kingdom of God. Why? Because when you seek God first, you're gonna understand something that is beyond beautiful. It's this, is that God loves you more than you love you. And God has your best interest at heart. He has your best, he has your family's best interest. He has your kids' best interest at heart. And when you put God first, it transforms how you end up living. There's a certain peace that can become into your life. You can live in the midst of bad things that might come your way. The, listen, life is full of things to worry about, but Jesus says, don't worry about them because I am with you. There's a relationship attached to this. And yet we miss it because we just don't know. So here's the challenge this morning for all of us in this room. Seek first the kingdom of God so that you can know what God is like. Let me, let me give you a verse. This is 1 Peter 5, 7. 
Give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Ready? There's three things that may happen. What you're worried about this morning, it may never happen. Okay, that's great news. It may happen, but not be as bad as you thought. But even if the worst case scenario pans out, it will happen, or it may happen, and if it does happen, guess what? God is able to carry you through, and you don't have to put bars on your windows at night anymore. You don't have to, and I'm talking about just around your thoughts, your minds, and emotions, because God cares deeply about who you are, and he wants to offer you peace, and he is always faithful. And do you know what it is like to know that regardless of what happens next, even if it's as bad as you think it is, but then you know that God is with you, do you know how that'll change how you live? Okay, okay. And let me say this, in my life, many times I've wanted God to rescue me out of situations. I call it the damsel in distress. I've noticed that God doesn't always rescue me out of things, he often carries me through them. His mercies are new every morning. He gives you what you need, exactly what you need. My point to you is this. We live in a world full of worry, stress, anxiety, and fear. But God is waiting for you, yes, you, to with your thoughts, trust him with your future, with your money, with what you wear, with what you have going on around you. Don't just focus on the temporary, and even if the worst comes to pass, even in that situation, he is good enough for all of us in this room. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in this series, Disconnected, and I know that in this room there is a whole lot of worry and fear and stress, things that have been experienced and things that have happened to us and things that we've done to ourselves. They weigh us down. They limit our ability to actually have peace, to actually experience joy. May we be the people who can see not just what's happening in the moment, but be the people, God, who can take our cares, our worries, and our fears cast them onto you, give them to you, trust you with them, and know that when we go to bed at night that you don't slumber and you don't sleep. In fact, God, often you are protecting us in ways and and, and in times that we don't even realize that you are with us, that you go before us, and that you are, Lord, if you start something in us, your word tells us that you are faithful and just to complete it. And so, God, how many times do we spend our our, our, our moments worrying about what may never happen. How many, how many times have we lost our joy, God, because we obsess in the temporary? God, help us to have a different perspective to see, God, that you are good and that you are alive and that you are seated on a throne and that, God, that your faithfulness is true for us today and we can, even today, in our world, experience and have peace, the peace that passes understanding. So may we not obsess over the things that the world obsesses over. May we, may we seek you first. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you for today. In your name we pray. Everyone said. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.